Welcome back to the Youth Bible in One Year, day 240. In this world, there are a lot of areas in which we need to see justice. But how do we show justice, true justice, while also showing love? Because God called us to love, but he is also the God of justice. So how do we do justice in a loving way? Well, God is the God of justice, but also the God of love. So he holds this balance perfectly. And we're going to see how we can act out this balance in this world today. The prison governor was an immensely impressive, dynamic, eloquent, and young African-American woman known as Chief Jennifer. Our team assembled at the start of the visit, together with those who ran the prison. Chief Jennifer welcomed us with these words, Greetings in the name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. She told us that there were 2.5 million people in prison in the United States, each costing the taxpayer $24,000 a year. Only 3% will stay in prison for the rest of their lives. 97% of those presently incarcerated will at some point be released back into society. For that reason, she continued, there's a good secular motivation for wanting to see change in their lives, besides her own desire as a Christian for them to experience redemption. The prison was not only run with justice, but also with love. All wrong attitudes and actions were lovingly confronted There was no bad language, no graffiti, and a learned, respectful behaviour. We spent some time with a group of men who'd recently completed Alpha there and heard their testimonies of changed lives. God is love. He's also just. In his book Justice in Love, Nicholas Walterstoff points out that justice is a necessary constituent part of any properly formed conception of love. From Proverbs 21 Whoever shuts their ears to the cry of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. When justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. Justice and the Poor A society without justice and the rule of law is a terrifying place to live. Evil is unrestrained. The poor in particular suffer. We see the terrifying results for lack of justice in many societies around the world. Where the rule of law operates, it has a double benefit. When justice is done, it brings joy to the righteous. It also deters evildoers. It brings terror to evildoers. Good people celebrate when justice triumphs, but for the workers of evil, it's a bad day. Justice leads to a society where people feel protected and secure, especially the poor. One of the reasons our prayers might not be answered is that we've not heard the cries of the poor. If you shut your ears to the cry of the poor, you too will cry out and not be answered. Lord, I pray for justice in our world. I pray for those that are seeking to bring justice to parts of the world where injustice reigns. New Testament from 2 Corinthians 1 and 2 I wrote as I did so that when I came I would not be distressed by those who should have made me rejoice. I have confidence in all of you, that you would all share my joy. For I wrote to you out of great distress and anguish of heart, and with many tears, not to grieve you, but to let you know the depth of my love for you. If anyone has caused grief, he has not so much grieved me, as he has grieved all of you to some extent, not to put it too severely. The punishment inflicted on him by the majority is sufficient. Now instead, you ought to forgive and comfort him, 
so that he will not be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. I urge you, therefore, to reaffirm your love for him. Another reason I wrote to you was to see if you would stand the test and be obedient in everything. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake, in order that Satan might not outwit us, for we are not unaware of his schemes. Justice and forgiveness. Many of us tend to avoid confrontation. I find it difficult. It's not just the fear of rejection or being unpopular. It's also the fear that I might make the situation worse by fueling the fires of anger and resentment. Some people seem positively to enjoy confrontation. If we look forward to confrontation, if we find it easy to put others right, to correct and to criticize, it's possible that we're not always acting out of love. Paul loved the Corinthians deeply, yet he did not shy away from confrontation. His love led him to confront, though it caused him great distress, anguish of heart and many tears. I didn't write it to cause pain. I wrote it so that you would know how much I care. Oh, more than care, love you. Confronting people with the truth may be very painful. Truth, like surgery, may hurt, but it also cures. Operations like this must be carried out with love. We do not know exactly who or what Paul is referring to here. However, it may be the man that Paul had denounced in 1 Corinthians 5, who'd been living with his father's wife. Paul had insisted that he be thrown out of the church. However, now he's saying that this man has received punishment enough. He urges them to forgive and comfort him and to reaffirm their love for him. Justice had been done. Now was the time for mercy, grace and forgiveness. Paul was quick to forgive. Anyone you forgive, I also forgive. And what I have forgiven, if there was anything to forgive, I have forgiven in the sight of Christ for your sake. When Paul forgave, he forgot, hardly even remembering whether there was anything to forgive. Clara Barton, founder of the American Red Cross, was once reminded by a friend of a cruel thing that had happened to her many years earlier. Clara seemed unable to remember the incident. Don't you remember the wrong that was done to you? The friend asked insistently. No, Clara answered calmly. I distinctly remember forgetting that. Forgiveness is absolutely vital in the Christian church. Lack of forgiveness is one of the ways that the devil can get in. It opens a door for his schemes. Forgiveness shuts him out in order that Satan might not outwit us. We are not unaware of his schemes. Lord, help us to spot the schemes of the devil. Help us to be quick to forgive and love one another and to shut Satan out of the church. Old Testament from 2 Chronicles 31 to 33 Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because the king of Assyria and the vast army with him. For there is a greater power with us than with him. With him is only the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. And the people gained confidence from what Hezekiah, the king of Judah, said. So the Lord saved Hezekiah and the people of Jerusalem from the hand of Sennacherib, king of Assyria, and from the hand of all others. He took care of them on every side. Many brought offerings to Jerusalem for the Lord and valuable gifts for Hezekiah, king of Judah. From then on, he was highly regarded by all the nations. In those days, 
Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. He prayed to the Lord, who answered him and gave him a miraculous sign. But Hezekiah's heart was proud, and he did not respond to the kindness shown him. Therefore the Lord's wrath was on him and on Judah and Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah repented of the pride of his heart, as did the people of Jerusalem. Therefore the Lord's wrath did not come on them during the days of Hezekiah. Justice and Confrontation God himself is not afraid of confrontation. In this passage, we see how in his love, God confronted both an essentially good leader who became proud and an evil leader who was enabled to repent. It's such a relief to read about a good king. Hezekiah restored the temple. He led by example. He contributed from his own possessions. The people responded generously. The Lord blessed them and they had plenty to eat and food left over. Everything Hezekiah took up He did well, in a spirit of prayerful worship. He was a great success. He had an exemplary track record. All this did not save Hezekiah from coming under attack. But when the attack did come from Sennacherib, Hezekiah inspired the people. Be strong. Take courage. Don't be intimidated. There are more on our side than on their side. He only has a bunch of mere men. We have our God to help us and fight for us. Morale surged. Hezekiah's words put steel in their spines. In our own lives, sometimes we face seemingly overwhelming problems. Christians in the UK, for example, seem to be like a small minority facing a vast army of secularism and hostility to God. But the good news is that there is a greater power with us. And with them, there is only the arm of flesh. With us is the Lord our God to help us and to fight our battles. There's always a danger that success will lead to pride. People look up to leaders. Indeed, we are supposed to honour our leaders, but all leaders need to be aware that this honour has danger written all over it. If pride creeps in, repent quickly and humble yourself. As soon as Hezekiah was successful, arrogance crept in. When God confronted him, thankfully, he repented of the pride in his heart. And God blessed him again with great riches and honor. He succeeded in everything he undertook. Then, mysteriously, God left him to test him and to know everything that was in his heart. It was a dark night of the soul. Don't be discouraged if there are times when you do not sense God's presence. Sometimes God is silent and imperceptible. Continue to be faithful when God tests your heart. Hezekiah had a good heart. His life was full of acts of devotion and was honoured when he died. His son's life seemed to be almost a complete reversal of his own. Manasseh started out doing evil in the eyes of the Lord. In fact, it's hard to think of anyone who did more evil than Manasseh. He burned his own sons in a sacrificial rite. He practised witchcraft and fortune-telling. He held seances and consulted spirits from the underworld. Much evil. In God's view, a career in evil. And God was angry. But no one is beyond redemption. No matter how far we've fallen, if, like Manasseh, we repent and turn to God, we can receive forgiveness. God confronted Manasseh. Now that he was in trouble, he went to his knees in prayer asking for help. Total repentance. 
before the God of his ancestors. As he prayed, God was touched. God listened and brought him back to Jerusalem as king. This is one of the reasons why I love to visit prisons. No one is beyond redemption. Jesus has made this possible through his death on the cross, where in the words of John Edison, love and justice mingle, truth and mercy meet. Lord, thank you that at the cross we see both your love and justice together. Thank you that you have mercy on me. Help me to show your love and bring your justice to the world. In Jesus' name. Pepper adds. Proverbs 21 verse 9 says, Better to live on the corner of a roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife, or presumably a quarrelsome husband. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you bring justice. I ask now that in every area in our world that needs justice, that you would bring it. Where there is racism, Lord, I ask that you would come against it. Where there's environmental damage, I ask that you would stop the people that are doing it. Where there's inequality in any area, I ask that you would stand with us. Lord, bring your power and your glory in every area that requires justice. Help me to act in these areas, but also help me to put love first. Fill me with your love today. Fill me with love for these areas that need justice in them, but also help me to act for love. Help me to act for your kingdom and for your glory. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.